for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Greg Almond, who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for The Athletic about, you guessed it, Tom Brady and his seventh championship. Greg is going to put it in perspective for us about what this championship means relative to the first Tampa Bay championship and also about the title town run that Tampa's been on as of late. Also, can Tom Brady and the Bucks repeat next year and what lies ahead for this offseason? All stuff we can talk about with Greg Almond, who joins me next. It's Wednesday, February 10th. It is my pleasure to talk to Greg Almond, who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for The Athletic. Greg, it's the first time we've had you on, man, and it's in uh, celebratory circumstances, I guess, man. How are you today? Hey, doing well. It doesn't get much bigger than this. Uh, it's been a fun uh, couple of days here, and uh, happy to talk about the Bucs and, uh, and a Super Bowl win. It doesn't get much better for Tampa Bay fans, which is it's sort of becoming title town. I know people have been joking about it. The Tampa Bay Rays lost the World Series, but they take the Stanley Cup. They take the Super Bowl. Is that the general consensus down in Tampa right now? In Tampa Bay is what they're calling it. It's absolutely crazy. The last five months, you know, obviously they've had some success here, but but just one title for the Lightning, one title for the Bucks in their history before this year. And now to have, like you said, to have all three teams get to the finals and two of them get championships. Uh, it's crazy. Another boat parade coming here before too long and lots of things to be excited about if you're a sports fan in Tampa. Well, it's funny because the season gets going, right? And and the big story was obviously Tom Brady going down to Tampa Bay. And I think, you know, if you ask people in Tampa before the season started, they would say, I guess you would have to fill this in for me. But I would assume the thought was it's a championship or bust type of year because of the talent that you're bringing in. Tom Brady decides he's going to another team. The goal is just to win a Super Bowl. That's the end-all, be-all. He does it in his first season. He's going to be there for another one. How was he received this season when he got there and the expectations from the fan base and from the team starting on day one? Yeah, you really miss out on how fun this year could have been outside a pandemic in a normal year with with full crowds and everything else. You go back to spring and and they were really close to being sold out back when there was still the thought that they could have, you know, full capacity crowds in NFL stadiums this year. So that was definitely missing. The, The most tangible way to appreciate the city embracing a superstar like Tom Brady would be the crowds, would just be ridiculous sellout crowds at a place that was pretty much bottom five in the NFL in attendance before this season. So you didn't have that. But I mean, to go around town, the people that weren't wearing 12 Brady jerseys were wearing 87 Gronk jerseys. You know, it, it very quickly kind of took over things. And you talked about the expectations. I mean, success from a Tampa Bay standpoint is very different from success from a Tom Brady standpoint. So, you know, for him to be as consistently, constantly successful and determining his own success by how many games you win in the postseason is the opposite of Tampa. I mean, Tampa had gone 13 years without a playoff berth, had gone 17 years without a playoff win. My oldest son is a high school senior, and he had never been alive for a, a Bucks playoff win, you know, and he's about to graduate. So for a lot of people, this was a long time coming. And in terms of how the idea that it's championship or bust, I think that definitely was the chance it could be much less than that. You know, when they were seven and five, you know, you didn't even know if there'd be a playoff team. So for them to finish the way they did, you know, winning the last four in the regular season and then winning four straight in the playoffs was just a team coming together at absolutely the, the perfect time to do it. It's funny you mentioned, you know, kids in the area, and I love putting it in that perspective that your son had never seen a, a championship. I look at kids here in the Bay Area and I go, boy, you have no idea what the Golden State Warriors were before <laughs> Steph Curry showed up, you know? A lot of lean years, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I, they went from the time I think I was in kindergarten until I was a senior in high school and did not make the postseason, kind of like you're talking about. Now you're here with Tom Brady, and it's funny because they're coming off of a season where Jameis Winston was the guy for so many years, and not because he was fantastic, but he was a top selection. He comes out of Florida State, being that he was already down in Florida, and he throws 30 interceptions last year. And while I know we can have the conversation about how great Tom Brady is, there's 50 guys on a football team, right? My takeaway from this, though, is that I don't know that we've seen one player instantly impact a team as a leader, sure, but as a, as a quarterback to immediately make them championship contenders. Is that kind of the takeaway, you think, from people there in Tampa right now, that one guy came and turned this thing around? Yeah, I really think so, because so much of the change in this team that's not directly him is kind of indirectly because of him. There's that Pied Piper thing where, you know, Brady comes and then Gronk comes and Antonio Brown comes. And I think Leonard Fournette, I think probably a big part of him coming here was seeing Brady here. The defense, you know, benefits so much from just having such a substantial drop off in turnovers. I mean, Jameis, you mentioned 30 interceptions. He had five lost fumbles as well. So this is a team that had 41 turnovers last year. They had 17 this year. It makes it so much easier for the defense to go to the sidelines and not think they might be back on the field two plays later, that kind of thing. And more than anything, I think Brady just brought a confidence to the locker room. I mean, you, you have someone who comes in that has six championships, you know, who's as successful and as, as winning a, a player as this sport has ever really had in the postseason, at least. It permeates the whole locker room. We had kind of wondered, like, which is going to rub off on which? Like, is the Bucks' terrible recent history just going to bleed into Tom Brady somehow or vice versa? And he, as a single person, really kind of got things started to, to change the whole culture and the whole mindset here in Tampa. It is interesting. I hadn't thought about it from that perspective, that it could have rubbed off the other way where he gets there and, and things just go south. Yeah, there's lots of these stories. I mean, you go back in NFL history, there's so many of these second chapters that really don't work out well at all. I mean, you think about Franco Harris as a Seahawk and Johnny Unitas as a Charger and Joe Namath as a Ram and Emmett Smith with the Cardinals and all these guys that played entire careers in one city and decided to go start somewhere else. It, it can go really badly. This could have been some you know, strange addendum to this amazing 20-year career that makes it completely forgettable at the end. This is the one thing he could do. I felt like he wouldn't have come here unless he really thought he could have Patriots-level success in Tampa, as crazy as that sounds, and he did it. So to him, that's an amazing credit. Well, he followed a model that other guys kind of have in the past. I mean, Brett Favre came back, and I want to say he went to an NFC Championship game. Did he take? The, I think he took the Vikings to an NFC Championship. You go back to Joe Montana, he took the Chiefs to one before he gets eliminated. And I think that's why people are looking at this and saying, maybe this is Brady's greatest achievement. But what's funny about that is the game ends, and I'm watching it on the couch with my girlfriend, and she goes, he doesn't look like he's ecstatic in the way we've seen him before. It looked to me almost like he was more happy for the guys he did this with. Yeah, he told Gronk he was proud of him, but he's walking up and down the sidelines, he's He's patting Blaine Gabbard on the chest. He's talking to Vita Vea. He's patting him on the cheek and saying, we drank the same water. We came from the same area, the Bay Area. Is that the feeling you got from him? Or, or how do you think he soaked this one in? What was your perspective on, on covering him after the game? I really think that's right. I mean, you think about his Patriots teams. I mean, he had very much kind of two separate careers almost in New England and that they won in 01, 03, 04, and then had a decade where they didn't. And when he had that second run of, of three titles in 14, 16, 18, a lot of that's just in a whole other generation of teammates. So I felt like so much of his success has been guys that have already won rings. You know, on those Patriots teams, you might have, you know, 10 guys that hadn't won a ring. Everybody else, I got two, I got three, you got five. So to go to a locker room where, you know, he and Gronk had won rings, Shaq Barrett has a Super Bowl ring, Jason Pierre-Paul has one, Antonio Brown has one, but I, that's basically it. 
And for him to be able to take everybody else in the locker room, especially all the, the Bucks lifers, that's a big thing, to be able to give them all their first experience of Super Bowl success. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Were you covering the Bucks uh, when, they, when they beat the Raiders in San Diego? I did. I, I was got lucky. I was a preps writer. One of our NFL writers left in December of that year, and I got to fill in for what had been easily the greatest month in team history. So I was here for the playoff game. I went to Philadelphia when they won at the bat and then spent a week in San Diego. So, yeah, I was there for that, and absolutely. It's the same amazing run you had here, and then you have to just also imagine the complete absence of that for 17 years. And especially, I've been on the beat full-time since 13. They haven't had any semblance of a postseason. They had one year where they, they missed the playoffs by a tie break at 9-7. and seven. But everything else has been losing records and, and far removed from anything like this. While that was their first Super Bowl win against the Raiders, it had kind of been a long time coming in the sense that they hadn't gotten over the hump for so many years, right? They were trying to overcome the Philadelphia Eagles, and they run into the 49ers in the postseason, and they beat them, and Mariucci pulls the team off the field, and then that defense goes and just mauls uh, Rich Gannon and the Oakland Raiders at the time, and John Gruden brings uh, the Bucks to the promised land. Where do you think this one stacks up? And I know it's hard to compare championships. There's always the first that you love, and this one's a little different with Brady, but where do you think the stack so this one is in the pantheon of Tampa Bay championships. Yeah, it, it's neat in that, like you said, that first one, there was definitely a conscious build-up to it. You know, 99, they made the championship game and lost. They had some really good teams that just couldn't get that next level. You talked about losing to the Eagles in the playoffs over and over again. So I think wherein that was a team where if they hadn't won a championship, it would have been a disappointment. Like, that was the almost the expectation. That defense was so good if they had all gone their separate ways and not won a championship, you would have felt disappointed. This is more out of the blue. I mean, this is a team that didn't exist a year ago, you know, in in terms of the collection of talent they had. So what was so incredible about this is that they were able to kind of build this immediate instant chemistry and bond and closeness when they didn't have a lot of the things you normally need as a team to get that. They didn't have an off season. They didn't have even a preseason. They didn't get to hang out at night, they didn't have the, the O-line dinner on a Thursday night and the, the kind of things that you get away from the field that help bring guys together. So I think it's all the more impressive that they were able to come together as, as a close-knit group like this, given the world we live in right now. You said a chill up my spine with that. All the stuff they didn't get to do to help their camaraderie, and yet they get to the Super Bowl and win. And I think Tom Brady maybe came into to this Super Bowl, and while they were you know in Vegas, the underdog, I think that even looking at, at the favorites for next year, I don't think that the Bucks were picked as the top team. I think it was the Chiefs. I think the Bills are up there in the way too early picks for who's going to win the 2022 Super Bowl. What are the biggest gaping holes, you think? I know they've got a lot of free agents. They had a lot of guys on one-year deals. What do you think the one move is they've got to make to hope that they get back to this place next year? They've got to find a way. I mean, they've got a limited amount of cap room, but they've got seven or eight legit big impact-free agents. Just to run through them quick, Chris Godwin, Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Indomitian Sue, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, even their kicker, Ryan Suckup, is a free agent. So, yeah, it's going to be tough to get them all back. You're kind of hoping that some of the magic of this season and the allure of, hey, come win another title with Tom Brady will have them willing to take less than they might get in terms of just the high-dollar offer they can command on the open market, because otherwise they can't afford them all. They'd have to do some really tricky salary cap math to to fit guys under. So the holes they will have will be holes that they kind of allowed to happen, whether that's missing out on a pass rusher like Shaq Barrett or you know losing an absolute iconic linebacker in the middle of this defense in Levante David or or having to replace a talented young receiver like Chris Godwin. They'll be able to kind of choose 
which holes they have to fill from this team. It's like the veterans going to join LeBron James, right? Trying to, try to title chase at the end of your career. It may have that impact this year, too. There's been a lot of a lot of those talks. It, it's kind of got that super team feel to it. Can't let you go without a thought on on our guy here in the Bay Area. Uh, and, and I guess he was uh, your guy down in Tampa Bay. John Lynch is going to the Hall of Fame. And it's it's kind of a long time coming. We talk to him about it every year, it seems like. you know, And he's such a humble guy about it and is just happy to get in. But thoughts about how Tampa Bay fans uh, view John Lynch. I know he spent time in Denver and went to New England for a sec before he retired. But he's a a Tampa Bay Buck, man. He's going to the Hall. Yeah, it just added to this amazing week. I mean, you had the the Bucks, you know, enjoying the Super Bowl in their home field for the first time, and then the night before the game, after a long, long wait, after seven years as a finalist, you get John Lynch in the Hall of Fame, which is so neat for him on a personal level. He's still adored here in Tampa. I mean, I think Sapp and Brooks deservedly were the, the first two from this championship team to get in. Tony Dungy got in. But then Lynch, I mean, in terms of just being kind of the heart of this defense, of setting the tone with hard hitting, that kind of player doesn't really exist in today's NFL. It had been so long for him, you worried it wasn't going to happen. So it was really neat to have it work out and have him be able to get in. And so happy for him, like I said, to, to see what he's done here, to have ring of honor careers with two different teams and then get a third to the Super Bowl as he did with San Francisco. Really neat for him to see him recognized like that with really the highest honor you can get. Greg, I appreciate the time today, man. We don't get a lot of time. We generally don't talk tons of Tampa sports, but as you said, man, Champa Bay, we're talking a ton of them this year, and probably with the way the Rays have been going, maybe uh, into baseball season too. So we'll catch up with you down the road, man. Thanks for the time. All right, Ron. Thanks for having me. Y'all take care. Nice diving into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Greg Allman. He does a great job. Make sure you read him all season long. Oh, off season long, because as he mentioned, a lot of free agents that the Buccaneers are going to have to figure out what to do with. And boy, it does have that feeling of the Warriors championship runs just with the idea that some of these veteran players hunting for championships could join this roster on their way out, try to pick one up in their final stay in the NFL. We actually saw that with Corey Dillon joining the New England Patriots years ago, also getting a championship before he retired. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to Greg. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is that you're listening. We've got more coming up. In fact, Warrior Basketball Talk on Friday with our own Ethan Strauss. Going to talk to us about the red-hot start to the season that Steph Curry is on. He's shooting threes at an alarming clip right now. A 57-point game last weekend against Dallas. He had a 62-point game earlier this season. Even for Steph Curry standards, he is on fire right now. So join us Friday. Talk a little Steph and the MVP race with Ethan. Ethan Strauss. Until then, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you Friday.